everybody, and welcome back to Don't Quit Your Day Job. My name is Paul, and today, all the way from Münster, Germany, by way of Bavaria, we were just talking about, I have Hansel Sung uh, from the band Shoreline. Hansel, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So, so we were just very briefly talking. I lived in in Munich for nine years, uh, and you grew up in in southern Bavaria. Uh, so we should definitely do this conversation in some kind of Bayerish uh, dialect. Uh, except I'm not good enough. <laughs> I'm down. Like this this is the first Bavarian podcast talking about punk rock. I'd say. <laughs> Cool. So well, let, let's start with uh, Munich to Munster. How did you get from southern Germany to sort of northwestern Germany? Uh, I came here to study. Okay. Um, that was eight years ago already. Um, and I knew that my parents would move um, to North Rhine-Westphalia. Okay. Um, yeah. And they now live near Bonn. Okay. Um, yeah. Like somewhere near Cologne and Bonn. So I was looking for some city in North Australia, which is not too far away from Bonn, which is not Bonn, not because I like, not because I don't like my parents. I just needed some, I just needed some space. Right, right. <laughs> that, that makes, that makes perfect sense. So then, the, then the next logical question here is why is your English so good? Oh, because of punk bands. Uh, first of all, thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, and I, I do think it's because of punk rock and hardcore because um, I, uh, I was studying English when I was in high school. Okay. Um, but I really got into like trying to understand um, the language as soon as I was discovering punk bands and I was reading all the lyrics and I was trying to understand like reading bad religion lyrics does not make sense. Like, it's difficult already right, if you're, I think, right. a native speaker. Um, so I was trying to get into that. Um, and that, I think that's the reason why, to be honest. Okay. Okay, cool. Because, you know, there is a thing in Germany where you have certain bands like Die Totenhosen or Die Ärzte yeah. that, that only sing in German. Um, but your yeah. band Shoreline, the, the lyrics are in English. So was that like a conscious decision for you guys at some point? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, because in Germany, um, if you meet a person and the conversation goes towards like, oh, you like punk music, there's two roads <laughs> <laughs> that the conversation could go. Uh, and one is, okay, you are into English speaking punk. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like I said, like bad religion, yeah. all the, like the eighties, nineties, uh, 2000 stuff. Yeah. And then again, there's this, uh, I'd say, German punk wave or German punk scene. Um, uh, as you mentioned, Die Totenhosen or Die Ärzte, yeah. uh, a couple other bands. Um, and I was never really into that because okay. it was, I don't know, just sonically, it, uh, I just didn't like it. Um, I was always in the team, like Team Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool yeah. cool cool well then let's let's talk a little bit about shoreline so <clears throat> you just put out a record called growth in in 2022 and you had an, your first full length i think 
uh, was in 2019 called Eat My Soul. And, you know, when I was listening to the stuff, um, uh, White Boys Club has like almost like a dance pop feel more than Mm -hmm. a hardcore or punk rock energy. And, And I do think like a song like Bent Broken, which is one of your more popular songs from the first full length. The sound on the new one is quite different. So explain like that that journey from from that first record to to the newer one. Yeah. So our first record was um, very like just like any other band, we would just write songs over the course of a couple of years and try to make that into a record. So there was no like big plan on like this big concept of a record. Right. Like it was just songs that we've written that we've toured a lot with um, that we wanted to put on a record. So that's our first uh, LP. And for the second record, we took a bit more time. And uh, we had, <clears throat> I think we've written 35 demos um, <laughs> when the, uh, like the first uh, COVID wave hit Germany. Okay. And out of these 35 songs, we tried to, um, to make a cohesive, like to make a record that makes sense okay. within itself. Um, so we had like more time uh, to think it through, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, and also like for both records, we worked with a good friend of ours. His name is Jochen. Uh, he's a producer near, near our uh, city. He lives in Bochum. Um, and sound wise, um, like how how the record sounds like the sound design is mm-hmm. quite unique i guess like I, I i'd say because we have like very heavy drums but the guitars are almost clean and they all just uh distorted because we were bruce springsteen inging them <laughs> like playing them really fucking hard <laughs> so they would uh make like some sort of overdrive sound um and to me, that feels quite special, like especially comparing it to other like other records that would be produced in our near environment. Right. It has almost like a, a yeah, the guitars, sorry to interrupt, the guitars are <clears throat> very telecastery sounding to me for lack of a better yeah. descriptor. Um, but again, the tone there is like almost Midwest emo, early 2000s Midwest emo mm-hmm. and some <clears throat> math rock stuff thrown in there. Um, and so... Basically, what it sounds like is that that's what you were going for. That's a very particular thing that you were going for. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, when you were writing this, did you write as a band? Were you bringing stuff to the group and sorting it out? How how did you handle that? Because it was because, as you said, it was COVID times. Yeah. So we uh, we did a lot of demos, as I said, um, and because of COVID. We, th- this is the first time that we've written um, demos on a DAW. Okay. Uh, so uh, through our PCs at home, mm-hmm. um, which was a very uh, deliberating process, I'd say. Okay. Um, because this is the first time um, writing songs and it's not four of us in a room. It's not. It's not a punk band right. rehearsing, right? <laughs> um, so I could, and also I have to get credit, give credit to our, our guitar player Julius because he has written like at least half of the, half of the songs on the record. Um, 
it's the first time that we could um, make like uh, write a song from f- start to finish and make it exactly the way I would imagine it before presenting it to the other to to the, to the other guys in the band. Okay. Because in the process, I don't know if you've ever written music in a band. Um, it's all it, like it's always oh I have this riff. And you go from like you start doing this riff with the band and then the other guys come in and do stuff with it right which is like a process that i love and that we've done music in this way for the first three years in a band um but like being able to uh write a whole song and decide everything like programming drums um playing bass and have this like quote unquote finished song and then present it to others like having your idea uh for, like uh like that presenting presenting your idea like that that was um an interesting take on songwriting definitely yeah right. but then also not uh like taking the input from the other band members you know, on that level was also very helpful i'd say yeah cool so there's a song like Distant on the new record, which which I like quite a lot. Um, and then the, the, the title track called Growth is last, and it's just completely different nearly to, to the rest of the songs on the record. So what yeah. was the idea there? Um, Growth used to be a song that I've written on acoustic guitar. Okay. And... Um, there is this uh, demo of the song um, where I was just playing the song on my uh, my acoustic guitar at home, recording it with my with my phone, and I think till the very last recording session, uh, there was a big discussion if we would if we could just use the demo, okay, or if we should re-record it, um, because we tried re-recording it with an acoustic guitar. But it was always lacking um, the atmosphere, right? That rawness of the of the demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but then we found a way to rewrite the song, um, and the way it turned turned out, which is a bit more. I don't even know how to compare. I th- I'd say it was heavily influenced by Bon Iver or Bon Iver, mm-hmm. or however you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the first record where we, uh, we had this mindset of, okay, let's just do what's, what fits best for the song, not, um, concerning about, oh, is this, is this punk enough? Is this hardcore enough? Um, and that's how, how that song turned out. Funny enough, uh, like we had this approach for the whole record. But now, as I look back on the record, in hindsight, this is a pretty punk record, I'd say. And it's a quite rough record. So even though, like, for every song, uh, we said, okay, if this feel, does not feel punk enough, like, just fuck it, let's do it anyways. Right. But it turned out pretty punkish, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do think that the difference there is there are other elements. Like I mentioned with uh, White Boys Club, there's like almost like a dance vibe to it and then hmm. and then growth. So I, so I do think 
um, some of, some of that seeps through. And so you weren't worried about your punk cred then, like you weren't worried about your street cred and, you know, can I get on this show if we're doing softer songs and, or any of that stuff? Um, I don't think so because like we've done a lot of like DIY touring in Europe. And if we haven't like earned our punk credibility <laughs> by now, I think we went, we never will. Right. So right. we might just do what, whatever we like when <laughs> whatever we think is fun. <laughs> right. And so I, I want to talk about and hits a little bit. Um, but before, yeah. before we do that, um, was there thoughts when you finished the record that, you know what, this is really good. We need to think about singles or we need to think about how we can capitalize on how awesome we are. You know, did you start to think, <laughs> did you start to think about like those business aspects? Oh yeah, we did. Uh, oh man, this is a long story. <laughs> um, I get, like you said, um, trying to, yeah, trying to capitalize your, your creative your creativity, yeah. Yeah. I think is a big part of being a band nowadays, which is not even like, I don't mean it in a negative way. Mm -hmm. I think it can also be uh, quite inspiring. Um, but we had to like figure out, okay, which songs uh, should be the singles. And that was difficult because actually like, I had no real preference. Mm -hmm. Like I thought every single song on this record, I do, I, I like, like mm -hmm. I, I am convinced that every single song could be a, a single and I could be happy about that single. Um, so, and we also uh, talked to a couple of our friends, showed them all the songs mm -hmm. and um, like asked them, how, okay, if you, if you were to pick four singles, which ones, which ones would you pick? And we asked like four or five different people and every one of them picked different singles, okay. <laughs> which made it more difficult, but, right. but which was also what I think is a good sign. Um, if there's not like one hit single in a record and the rest is just like filler type of songs. Um, so yeah, that, that was a difficult decision on how to pick singles, but then we, I think we, uh, weren't going so much for them like sonically or how the songs are sounding because mm -hmm. like I said, every song was more or less equal. Um, but we were thinking on what subjects are we talking about on this record and what songs are talking about uh, like subjects that we would love to um, like talk about a little more mm -hmm. and like give more space to. Right. For example, we have this song Konnichiwa, where I am talking about my experiences as a German, Asian German, mm -hmm. and uh, about my experiences with uh, anti-Asian racism in Germany. Mm -hmm. And that was a subject that I felt um, was important on the record and that I wanted to talk about a little more. And I knew, of course, if that was a single, there would be a, a lot more space for uh, that subject. Right. So that was the approach on how to pick singles. Yeah. Cool. Then, then let, let's explore this this idea of of the song Kanichiwa and and your experiences. So, 
Um, as I mentioned when we were setting this up, it's uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Month here in the United States. I don't know if there's a similar thing in Europe or, or Germany, but I'm trying to use this platform to, to allow or to get people to, to speak about their experiences. Um, and certainly um, pe persons of Asian descent don't, aren't, aren't exclusive in their experience of racism or microaggression. Um, so can you be, you know, an, an, an Asian looking punk rock guy on the scene in Germany without taking a bunch of shit? That's, that's the starting question. Um, it, it depends on where you are at. Okay. Um, I do feel like, um, that you like as an Asian person, I do feel comfortable at shows here in Münster. Um, I got to say that the Münster scene or um, maybe talking a bit broader, when I'm touring in Germany, most of the times I do feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, although the um, like the people coming to the shows are mostly white, um, I never felt... Uh, I never felt excluded okay. in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, I think the punk scene uh, in general is very um, concerned about being inclusive mm -hmm. and being um, self-critical. But at the same time, um, it's still just 50 white dudes coming to the show. Yeah. You know? Um, but I also do think that these 50 white dudes at the show, or at least like half of them, is taking it seriously. Like they're not wearing the fuck racism shirt mm -hmm. just to be a poser. I do, I do genuinely believe that they, that they believe in this. Mm -hmm. So when you're at that show as an, um, as an Asian person or as a non-white person, um, it's still difficult because you do not feel represented as much. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I have this weird coincidence or is it even a co coincidence? I don't think it, like when we're playing a show and there's an Asian kid in the crowd, there is this connection. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, we make eye contact and there's this weird moment of realizing, okay, this is, I, I think this is special, but I don't want to make this weird. Right. So um, for the first, I don't know, for the first years tour, of touring, I would not um, like specifically, specifically go to that person and talk to them just because they're Asian. But that's something I would do right, that I would do today. Okay. Because that's so, it is so, um, yeah, it's still so unusual to see non-white people at punk shows. So if they do show up, I'll try to make sure that they feel that they feel uh, invited. Right. Yeah. So you're the you're the front man um, in your band, and, and you're the singer, or you're the primary singer, and you and you play guitar. So you're the you're the focal point of Shoreline for for better for worse, right? And so, <laughs> do you ever get any of the when you show up to a new venue or a place you haven't played where they're looking for the front man and they're a little bit surprised that it's some Asian dude who's, who's representing the band. Oh no, because uh, either we are the support band and no one gives a shit anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and if we are the uh, like quote unquote headlining band, 
um, I'm the person booking the band as well. Okay. So uh, I'm the one in contact with the promoter. So there is this like, maybe they are surprised writing the email, but (laughs) I'm not there to see it. Right. But so they, they see your name and and recognize, okay, this is not a typically German name. It's, it's more, uh, if they are, if there are two Asian people at the show, like, um, setting up while like the bands are arriving, while getting, uh, there might be this confusion on which of these two Asian guys is Hanzo. Right. Right. <laughs> that yeah. that might be. Right. But other than that, I think it's always quite clear that I am the person. <laughs> and any concerns about traveling around? So you mentioned in general, the punk scene is, is pretty inclusive and supportive, but traveling around Germany, yeah. you know, Europe has this wave of, of right wing nonsense, just like the United States does. Yeah. And so what about when you're going to the former East or places like this where you, where you might experience some, some bigger pushback? Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because we played a show in East Germany uh, two days ago um, near Chemnitz, which is very deep in the like East, East Germany, um, also a very rural area of East Germany. Um, like we did not play in Chemnitz itself, uh, uh, like in Chemnitz, mm-hmm. the city, but like 30 kilometers outside of Chemnitz. Um, <laughs> and like after we arrived and after we loaded in, I was going for a walk with my friend and we uh, came by this, I think it was just a little spot where you could get, I don't know, it was a little restaurant, I'd mm-hmm. say. And it was looking so traditional. Um, and I just took a, like a little glance when the, like the door was swinging open. And it was <laughs> the most stereotypical thing I, I would ever, I've ever seen in East Germany. Like was just old white man sitting at um, tables drinking beer, um, <laughs> like wildly discussing things that I could not understand, uh, and I was craving French fries. <laughs> so I was I was um, thinking about okay maybe this place has French fries, but I don't think that I should go in there. <laughs> So we met a couple of young people in that town. Um, They told us a little university and the town has like 14,000 inhabitants and half of them are uh, students. Okay. Like at the university and half of them are uh, like people that live there forever. Mm -hmm. And the young person told us like every single like young person or student is cool. And the other half are Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So maybe that's that. Yeah. Uh, so that reminds me of all of these little bars in Munich, like these little corner bars where it's basically just a stomptish and it's just a bunch of old dudes in there drinking beer like they have every day for the past 40 years. You know, it's that. that yeah, sort probably. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. One one last question about this topic, and that is, do you ever get the well-meaning person who just wants to know what kind of Asian you are? Because I get that sometimes. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Like, at least once a day, I feel like. Um, do you ever say, look, man, I'm German. I'm just a German guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm over that, actually. Like, I went through the different stages of, like, at first, I would say, oh, 
my parents are from Korea. Mm -hmm. That's probably what you want to know, right? right? Um, then I went to uh, just saying, okay, I'm from South Bavaria. Um, and they, of course, they just keep asking, like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I am at the stage of just mildly ignoring ignoring the okay. question yeah. and just explaining, oh, okay, like I am living in Münster. Like that's what I say. Like mm -hmm. the question would be, oh, where are you from? And I would explain my sentence is, oh, I'm living in Münster, but I grew up in South Bavaria, but my parents are from Korea. I probably think that's what you want to know, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and that um, finishes the conversation just with one answer. Right. And that's most of the times a quick exit for me. Right, right. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right. So let's move on to, to End Hits. So I know End Hits Records uh, mostly because of the association with uh, Boy Sets Fire. I'm a huge, huge, huge Boy Sets Fire fan. I'm a huge Nathan Gray fan. So Nathan's been on on this podcast and I actually have his name tattooed or he wrote on my arm and I had it tattooed and that's how much of a ridiculous fanboy nice. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Can you show me the tattoo? I, I'll, I'll show it to you after. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So how did you get involved with, with End Hits? Uh, and his records is run by a guy called Oisey Ronsberger. Mm -hmm. I think he's a very close uh, friend of Boyce's Fire. I was hesitant to say that because I, in my eyes, he is a he is the he is a member of the band. Um, I think he was one of the first people who would um, tour with them in Germany, mm -hmm. and I think he's managing the band. And over the years, like he took. Um, a lot of um, like management side of things for the band. Um, and Oisey used to play, Oisey, by the way, is also from South Germany. Okay. From deep South Germany. Like he has a thick Bavarian accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he used to play in a band called Red Tape Parade, which was to me one of like the most influential punk bands of my youth. Okay. Um, Red Tape Parade was not a big band um, at all. Like they used to tour, like they did cool stuff. They toured with Boys It's Fire, obviously. They toured with Pennywise um, and like played with some of the like bigger fat track era bands. Yeah. Um, and the reason why Red Tape Parade was such a, so important to me was when I discovered punk, um, I was listening to bands like Rise Against, Anti-Flag, Strike Anywhere, et cetera, et cetera. And all these bands would still be rock stars to me because they would come from the US, they would tour in Germany, they would play on these huge stages, they would play in front of like a couple hundred people. Um, and even though they were very um, eager to be um, like approachable, they were still like very unapproachable for right. 15 year old right. me. <laughs> right. So seeing this band of like, we're just Bavarian kids, like Oisey uh, would be like, would be playing in Red Tape Parade and they would be touring in Europe and they would be playing with all these bands that I loved. That was the first time when I realized, okay, I think punk rock is something that I could do as well. Cool. I think this yeah. is something that I could, like, I could be in a band like Red Tape, like, like Red Tape Parade. 
Um, and that's how I got in touch with Oisey, like not even knowing that he was involved with uh, like such great bands as Boys It's Fire and then continuing to like tour manage Parkway Drive and all these crazy huge artists. Mm-hmm. And I think that Oisey uh, was aware of Shoreline when we started and then he just hit up our old label and uh, Milko Glaza. He's still uh, doing like a lot of management things and also like a lot of PR stuff for us in Germany. And they're close friends as well. And always he just hit up Milko and ask if we just, if we wanted to do the next record with Antits. Cool. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's really cool. Um, so you've toured with Spanish love songs, another band that, that I really like. Hot Water Music, some of my best memories of living in, in Munich were going to Hot Water Music shows at, at Backstage. Um, yeah. And, and so you guys, you know, when I was listening to your, so you've, you've played these shows and, you know, when, when I listen to your music, I think of bands like maybe Block Party or Early Block Party. I certainly think of mm. Beat Stakes or uh, other sort of, of accessible German bands. So you, you have what I feel like some energy going for you, right? So you're on end hits, um, you're, you're writing good songs. So what's what's the play here now for you guys? Is the really the idea that you can do something, that you can be successful, again, whatever mm. success means to you? Mm. That's an important question. Um, especially, um, for (laughs) where we are at with our private lives right now, Mm -hmm. we are all like in our mid twenties, like, um, almost 30, some of us at least. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we do know that punk rock and hardcore is not, um, the music that you, would do to in order to get rich and famous Mm -hmm. but that was never the intention in the first place right um we realized that this band means something to people that are not our friends and not like just ourselves Mm -hmm. like we start to realize that there are people that do genuinely like the band mm-hmm. that do come out to shows and buy merch and buy our records and listen to our music. Right. Um, and at this point, we I think we just want to want to see how far we can take this band. Like if, if we were about to tour like a lot more, let's say we we were about to tour like 150 shows a, a year. Mm-hmm. Um, do that for three years, write another record, write another record. And then the band quote unquote fails because no one is like giving a shit. That would be okay. Because then we like, then we could break up and say, okay, we've done this as far as we could. Right. Uh, I think that's, that's like my, and I, we talk about this in the band like regularly on a regular basis. Um, and that, I think that is what, what we want to do like even if this fails like like i said quote unquote fails that's what is important to us because the alternative would be like i am now working as a physician Uh, like i finished uh, i graduated from med school last year i could just uh i give up on the band and be a full-time 
uh, and it's just as is uh, right now. But then, like, I would turn 60 and I would still wonder could, what, how what far, could yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, what could have been. Um, and I am not like, we are not so naive to think, okay, we could, like, we could turn to Totenhosen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't think, like, I don't think that's possible. I don't even think that's po- it's possible to be as big as a band as the Menzingers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a certain level that we could reach, like, we could realistically reach um, and have a lot of fun and a lot of, like, fulfilling moments mm-hmm. to that point, like yeah. playing shows, writing songs, writing records that mean a lot to us. Um, and as cheesy as it sounds, I'm very aware of that. I think <laughs> the journey is more important than the destination here. Yeah, right on. It's a, I, it's a, a pretty mature way to approach it, and that's, <clears throat> that's great. Um, so I will drop all of the links for Shoreline in. I think people should check them out, especially if you like uh, any of the bands that, that I mentioned. I want to thank everyone who's listening and supporting the podcast. It is all very much appreciated. Please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a like that usually helps us out a lot. I want to thank uh, Hansel for for coming on the show and talking about a bunch of stuff. Um, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. It was very, uh, it was just sick to talk to you. Cool. Talking to you.